Hola, hi, aloha, and hello. Welcome to the Active Reps Podcast with Roy Delgado. I am Roy Delgado, and I'm trying something new in doing this podcast. I wanted to start off by talking about who I am and why I'm doing this. Uh, But first off, I'm going to say thank you so much for listening to this podcast. This podcast is brought to you by me. It's also brought to you by the good people at Anchor FM, who um, provide the tools that are needed for just about anybody to do a podcast. That's actually how I am trying this first attempt at doing the Active Reps podcast. So anytime you're interested, you can head over to anchor.fm. You can check out the video and the explainer page that they have there. Or you can get on your smartphone and you can download the Anchor.fm app from whichever app store it is that you uh, use on your phone. So let's take a moment here to talk about who I am. Um, There's so much that makes up who we are. Um, I'm a husband and a father. I'm a manager and an IT professional. I'm a friend, and I'm so much more. And I hope to talk to you today um, through this segment and through the process of making this show about all the different facets of what combines to make me me. Now, I'm calling this the Active Reps Podcast in part because I hope to get into doing podcasting more. And it's always been my understanding that you really need active reps at anything to get really good at it. I am a huge fan of podcasts. I listen to more podcasts than I think anyone else I know. Part of that comes with having a really big commute. Um, I live over an hour away from where I work. Uh, Part of that comes from being someone who really enjoys having um, one-way conversations in a manner of speaking. I love having friends. I love talking, and I love interacting with people. Um, There are times in my life that that's not always possible, and so podcasts give me an opportunity to create bonds and to listen in on the conversations that people have about really smart or interesting or funny things without having to be at a restaurant and leaning my chair back over trying to get into um, their dinner. So, And I hope to do more podcasting. It's always been my understanding that whether it's the perspective of a 10,000 hours, or it's the active practice process, or even some of the great stories that are out there about making pottery and the fact that the first pot you make is never going to be as good as the hundredth pot you make. Um, The reason I call this active reps is I'm hoping this podcast gives me an opportunity to uh, actively practice the process of podcasting. Wow. Actively practice process of podcasting. I'm going to have to work on that. So uh, with that, we're going to get it started. Uh, We'll have two segments today, and then I'll wrap everything up. So setting out to do a practice podcast, uh, especially one where to start, at least, I'm going to just be talking to myself it was pretty clear that I was going to have to just end up talking about myself, at least to introduce myself to you, and also to talk about the things that I'm passionate about, because that's going to be the type of topic that I'm most going to be able to have this type of a one-way conversation with you as well. So um, technology is an area that is probably 
one of the most passionate areas of my life. Uh, I do it as a profession, and in that regard, it's a lot of it is about enterprise technology. It's something I can get really excited about, but it's not something that generally the people around me get really excited about. But I'm also uh, particularly into consumer technology. I've been into consumer technology as much as I've been into enterprise technology, maybe even for a little bit longer. So a lot of the podcasts that I love and that I listen to are technology-focused. While I want to be far from doing just another tech podcast, if that's an area of interest for me, I figured that's a good place for me to start. Um, there's one particular area that I'm going to start telling you a story about because it's become a bigger part of my life recently, and I'll explain that when I get into the second segment. And this is about streaming video. Um, and so I'm going to take an opportunity to tell you about my cord-cutting story, about how my family and I came to get rid of the video side of our cable TV package and move to internet only and then streaming video for everything else. When that began, I was probably one of the last people that I would have expected to look into cord cutting, even though I was definitely big into technology, because I was also a big fan of television. I was an advocate for the major cable company in my area, which happens to be the biggest cable company in the entire U.S., and I would tell friends about the good customer service experiences I had with them. I had been a subscriber back even when I lived in my parents' house. While they had some cable TV packages, they didn't have everything I wanted when I was growing up. And um, this was in the mid-90s. Uh, the major streamer, major, major cable provider was beginning to provide internet. My family didn't really uh, understand that. And I signed up for an internet package in my parents' house on my own, probably even before I was too young to understand what I was doing to begin with. It was my first real bill on my own. So when the time came and I decided to get rid of video, I'd love to tell you it was because I found something that really piqued my interest or I got a great deal that I couldn't pass on. But no, it was done out of spite. Allow me to explain. Um, that major cable company was into doing a big push for a new platform that they were bringing out. They were replacing all of the cable boxes. This wasn't the whole digital transformation thing they did when all the signals moved from analog to digital. No, this was about something that they really wanted to do. They called us up. And they spoke with me on the phone and they said, we know you're happy with the service, but we've got this cool new thing. We want to switch you over. Please, won't you consider switching over? And so I did. Everything went wrong after that. The installer did things incorrectly. The box would not work. Recordings got canceled or they wouldn't play back correctly. Uh, our, our channels weren't coming through correctly. And every time I called to get service, I just got the runaround. And my problems got escalated and escalated and escalated to a point that just the failures of the company were so huge that I reached a point that I was just done with it. I took a few months to set up a transition period. And then when I was ready, I told them goodbye. Now, I... <laughs> Unfortunately, because we live in a world where um, 
there aren't always a whole lot of competition in in a particular space, I couldn't completely say goodbye to them. So I held on to them for internet service, but when the time was right, I got rid of them for video, and my family and I are really glad that we did. So talking to you a bit about uh, my cord-cutting story is talking to you about what I chose to do instead. Um, a lot of people who know me will hear me talk about the different services. Uh, when we talk about cord cutting, oftentimes people who are talking about making that jump aren't just or only or even particularly talking about the big ones, Netflix or Amazon Prime Video. Now, understand, like I do, that those are services that almost everybody uses, along with uh, maybe Hulu's live, uh, on-demand service. Um, but they tend to be add-ons. Myself and my family, just like a lot of families that we knew, we had Netflix and Amazon Prime Video back when we had cable. We didn't think of it as a way to, um, to stop having cable video just by using those services. They just almost became uh, a, a part of our video watching that we just took for granted. So they weren't really part of the trial transition. Um, because I was into technology and technology sites and technology podcasts enough, there was definitely a lot of resources out there that we were able to do our research and I was able to do my homework to figure out what direction I uh, might want to go in. So I even thought about whether we could get by without a streaming bundle. Now, streaming TV bundles like PlayStation View and Sling TV, DirecTV Now, there are a few other big ones out there, um, they have become really popular and a less expensive way to give you a lot of the things that cable TV used to give. Um, it, it definitely is an appealing direction and it's ultimately a direction that my family chose to go in. But at first, during that trial transition, tried to at least take a look and see was it something that we could save by trying to get by with just on-demand services and, and maybe trying to piece a few inexpensive things together here or there? Ultimately, what it came down to was as a family, there was enough of a broad selection of things that we were into that having some form of bundle, even if it wasn't the bigger, more unwieldy bundle that the cable TV offered of seven or eight hundred channels that we almost never watched. Having some sort of bundle was going to give our preschoolers at the time, although now the older one is in elementary school, it's hard to believe, and my wife and myself, uh, all the things that we were looking for. We did use free trials and we did check a couple of things off out, but ultimately we settled on uh, PlayStation View and we've been really happy with that over the course of a couple of years. We've added a couple of uh, other services on, and we certainly are always willing to buy a season of a show or uh, rent or buy movies when it's something that we're particularly into. But for us, that has been something that's really worked. Um, it's been really striking how it was the easiest transition for our kids. Uh, I like to think of my kids as cord never kids, even though technically it was in the house when they were itty bitty bitty. Because for the most part, they've only watched things through apps and they've only watched things um, on demand. There have been times when we've been traveling, we've been in hotel rooms, and I'll have to explain to them more than one time what a commercial break is. 
And that's been an interesting process. They have no problem in switching between apps and know that they can find Ryan's toy reviews on YouTube Kids and they can find um, a variety of things, a couple of different places. They, they love their PBS Kids shows and, and Netflix, of course, for the Netflix Kids program. And so when it came to our hardware, my big thing was trying to find a single source um, solution. I wanted to have something that was kind of uh, babysitter proof, something that there wouldn't have to be a whole lot of an explanation if uh, someone came into the house to watch the kids or to hang out with us and we needed to just hand them a remote and have them use the system. Uh, ultimately, in the end, we decided to go with a Shield TV in the living room and we have a Roku TV up in the bedroom. We have Chromecast spread all over the house and that's worked out really well. I've been surprised for our younger babysitters how much they just like using the Chromecast. They bring their phones in, they make sure that they get on the Wi-Fi, and I never have to explain anything to them. When we come home, they're watching whatever it is that they brought with them, and they say, oh no, this was perfect. And for the others, for the most part, as long as we explain to them, eh, if you want to think about things like uh, old school cable, just open PlayStation View and leave it open. And uh, thankfully, that's worked out really well. So... We've saved some money. It's been a great experience. We've really watched far less commercials other than sports than we ever did before under our old system. Even within the DVR, I find it's easier to skip the commercials or to catch up in a commercial-free way. So uh, I'd love to talk about it more, but this really has been an exciting change in my life and one that led to another change I really wasn't expecting. Uh, I'll catch up with that in, uh, in the next segment. I just want to take a moment to give you a bit of a break, take a break, and remind you that this podcast is brought to you by me. My name is Roy Delgado, and uh, I'm happy that you're here. So the next thing I want to talk about will be picking up where I just left off and talking about how my cord-cutting story has become a more important part of my life now. We have continued being cord cutters for, oh, I want to say a couple of years now, and it has gone really well. Uh, every so often, I make sure to touch base with the entire family one at a time and just say, like, hey, do you have everything that you think you need? Um, is there anything that you're looking for, you've heard about watching that we don't have? And I try and make sure to add things in. Um, and I make sure to ask my wife if she misses cable. And largely, she doesn't. And I really don't find myself missing it either. But how this has become a bigger part of my life, the groundwork for what I'm doing now was actually laid far beyond, far further back than when I even began cord cutting. So uh, let's take a step back. Um, just this past May, I graduated from uh, University of Maryland, University College with my master's degree. Uh, it's been a three-year program that, uh, stupid me, I started when my daughter was just uh, four or five months old. And so I've been working for three straight years, working a full-time job, and then doing overnights and overnight weekends, long-run weekends, for three straight years doing a full graduate course load while also doing full-time work and then also being a father and a husband, a son to parents that go through the things that life just normally throws at us. And 
there were some parts of grad school that I really loved. Now, there were definitely parts that I'm glad are over and I am not going to miss. I'm not going to miss getting two and three hours of sleep a night. I'm not going to miss the frustration of some of the group work assignments where um, you have people who don't contribute but expect to be a full part of the grade, all of those other things. Um, but one of the things that I missed was the writing and the research. I loved being able to take topics that I was interested in and passionate about and really dig deep into them. I had a lot of opportunities in grad school to pick topics related to technology, but things that weren't just enterprise technology, that weren't just uh, my workplace technology, and to do a deep dive into them and then to share what I learned and what I loved with other people. In that case, it was the people who would read what I wrote, the teachers. Sometimes I would share them with classmates or even with my wife. She was uh, up to that point, through that point, one of the best editors I ever had. And so when I graduated grad school, in a large way, I definitely found that I missed that. And I still would talk to friends and family members about the things that I was interested and passionate about. But there was a part of it that just wasn't the same. Through the course of graduate school, one of the topics that I had to do some research on was related to emerging technology. I did some research on battery technology through a website called Android Central. Android Central is a part of the Mobile Nations Network. It was also a site that I read on a regular basis, but they did this great futurology series that talked about the futuristic technology, and battery was definitely a big part of it. So once graduate school was over, I made sure to reach out to the, um, the editor and the writer for that and just say thank you. And the, the writer was so great, and he was really uh, magnanimous and encouraging. Uh, he, it sounds like he doesn't write anymore, but he is doing fantastic things working now within the industry with those companies. At the same time, the editor of that piece and, and the person who was running that site at the time was running a new website that was related to cord cutting. And since it was something I was already passionate about, I started reading about it every chance I got. I even remember messaging with him. Uh, he probably wouldn't remember it, but I remember messaging with him when the site launched because it launched with, oh, I don't know, 40 or 50 articles to start when it became public, and they were all bylined by him. And I remember joking with him that, that wow, I don't know. It's fantastic. I don't know how you're going to keep this up. And he said, well, uh, hopefully it'll reach a point that we'll reach out to people and they'll have their uh, CVs ready. Well, I didn't even know what a CV was because... I'd never actually written anything for publication. So that first branch of it really started out with just some tweets, but it totally went unexpectedly to a next level with yet another tweet to a totally different person. So Twitter is a platform that I enjoy spending time on, and uh, I follow a lot of the writers that cover politics, sports, and technology, things that I'm really interested in. The next set of tweets really caught me by surprise. My wife and I had been talking as summer turned into fall about finding some new projects, maybe some new hobbies, things that I could be interested in and then she could be interested in that would give us a chance to kind of um, flex ourselves, our behavior in new ways. 
And at the same time, I'd been thinking about trying to earn a little money heading into the holiday time, um, buying gifts for kids or covering travel expenses sometimes gets a little tough. And, and grad school in three years had kind of been kind of rough. So it was a good opportunity heading into the fall. I was even thinking about maybe going to work for a big box electronic store or something like that. Randomly, one of the writers that I follow had sent out a message saying, if anyone's interested in joining our team, we're looking for uh, new people. And I wrote him back and I said, well, I'd be interested, but I've never written anything before. There's no way that I would be able to do something like that, would I? And that person was Russell Holly with Mobile Nations. and He was actually... He was completely cool. He he is one of the coolest people that I'm surprised to be able to say very honestly here, I know, in even just a little bitty way, even just uh, on the internet. And Russell was very encouraging to me. And he said, if you've never written anything before, we'll get you started and we'll see how you do. And if it's something that you're good at, we should let you give, get a chance to try. So I was still unsure. I actually talked with a couple of other people who do writing. I have a friend who is a beat writer for um, a major newspaper covering a sports team, covering the Miami Dolphins. And I also have had enough interactions with enough tech writers that have been positive and friendly that I was able to ask people. Uh, the one other name that, that comes especially to mind is Ara Wagner. And I said, like... I really feel like I want to do this, but I'm not sure if I can. Everybody was so encouraging that I was willing to give it a try. And so over the last few months, that's what I've been doing. I had a few test articles that I had to write. I was really surprised and totally encouraged when I actually saw the first of my test articles get published onto this website. So I, I just can't underscore how cool it was to go from reading and listening to uh, viewing live podcasts with so many of these really great people to seeing them launch a site about a topic that I am totally passionate about to then ending up a few steps later messaging back and forward with them and then seeing my name show up in a byline on that site. It has been just a whirlwind. So it, it's felt strange, exciting and strange to be doing something that feels so different from anything I've done before. And yet I can see the building blocks along the ways that got me here. Uh, I spend a lot of time at my work and I have for as long as I've been an IT professional taking things that can be very technical or very hard for people to understand and finding ways to put them so that everyone can not only understand it, but feel comfortable with it, be able to make it a part of their daily life or make decisions based on that, on that higher executive level. And so what I found myself was in a situation where that formed the foundation of being able to take questions, technical questions that people may have and answer them in a way that hopefully is very readable, that is very relatable, and they can understand and make their own decisions, whether it's a subscription decision, a buying decision, maybe even a decision to get rid of cable altogether. And that hopefully that that could be a help for them. That's really exciting to me. And I'm taking that groundwork that I laid in graduate school about being passionate about going out and researching topics that I was interested in, but that I wanted to know more about, and then taking what I learned and making it something that I could share with people. 
it's been really exciting. So now I'm just kind of left thinking about what's next. I, I want to continue writing for the site, and I'm excited that I continue to have an opportunity to do so. I just uh, am at the tail end of a big segment that I've been writing a series of articles about a uh, sports streaming service, ESPN+. Plus. That's been very cool. And um, as somebody who was, is already passionate about sports and as somebody who even tried out for an ESPN reality show back in the day, uh, this has been kind of a fun uh, full circle from ESPN Dream Jobs to writing about ESPN Plus, the service. Uh, it's been surreal. And so I think what's next for me is hopefully continuing to do this, um, continuing to expand my skills as a writer and continuing to expand the range of articles that I get to write and thinking about how this can either blossom into a career or can fit within the bounds of the career that I'm enjoying as an IT professional. Wow, it is hard for me to believe, but this should wrap up my first episode of the Active Reps podcast. So I've definitely had a chance to get my reps in, although my next set of reps will come in with editing using the editing tools provided by Anchor.fm. Again, while this podcast is not sponsored and I don't expect it to necessarily be sponsored anytime soon, um, except by me, of course, uh, this is a chance for me to get that experience and that practice in podcasting, but I will continue to shout out Anchor.fm for providing me the tools to get started without having to go through a complicated process um, as a beginner and to just be able to have something that's straightforward with easy-to-follow instructions. So before I go, I want to tell you a little bit about what I'm watching, uh, where you can read the things that I'm writing, and how you can reach out to me. So uh, I guess first and foremost, let's talk a little bit about what I'm watching right now. Everything is streaming online. I am watching, I just finished up season four and started season five of Broad City uh, because of the Hulu deal that I picked up over the Thanksgiving holiday. Their Black Friday, Cyber Monday deal of 12 months for 99 cents a month was just too good to pass up. The new season of Broad City starts in January, and I had watched the first three seasons in full and about three quarters of the fourth season before we were done with cable. So having the opportunity to finish this out, especially since Comedy Central isn't on very many of the streaming services, and, and really Viacom, get your networks together, um, this was a really exciting opportunity to get a chance to get caught up on their shows. I've also been watching a bunch of Christmas specials with um, with my kids. I've uh, been doing that both over the air and also on PlayStation View. Um, the Charlie Brown Christmas special is still as good as I remember it being when I was a little kid. So are the Rankin and Bass specials like The Year Without a Santa Claus. Uh, just... Earlier this afternoon, I was singing the Heat Miser song with my kids as they were watching that show. And then I've been watching a lot of college basketball on ESPN+. Plus. 
doing the articles about the service and preparing myself so that uh, I don't expect to be asked to be uh, to write a review. But if I do get asked to write a review, a review I want to be ready. So I've been using that service more and more. And I'm a big college basketball fan. I watch the uh, first weekend of the tournament with friends in my house, like a sports bar with uh, multiple TVs going. Maybe I'll tell you more about that and how that started a little bit later on. I went to UMBC and they have been all over Twitter with their basketball since they were the first 16 seed on the men's basketball side, along with the Harvard women, to beat a one seed in the tournament. So um, their games have been on ESPN Plus quite a bit, and I found myself going back episode after episode, uh, game after game after game to watch that. So you can read my stuff on cordcutters.com. Cordcutters.com is the Mobile Nations website dedicated to video streaming and all things cord cutting. Um, I encourage you to go to cordcutters.com or check out at cordcutters on Twitter and just read everything they have. Uh, don't just go there to read my stuff, though I certainly, if you're interested in this podcast, you're interested in me, but I would encourage you to read everything that they have to write there. It's really fantastic stuff, and I could not be happier or prouder or at times a little overwhelmed by the uh, company that I have on there in terms of the skill of the writers that I'm working with, and especially the skill of the editors. Um, one more time, I got to say that hopefully you will read my stuff I think my stuff is uh, as good as it has ever been primarily because it's my first time working with professional editors and they are the best. There's one who's just out of this world. And where can you find me? You can find me on Twitter at RoyD77. Um, it's something I've been thinking about changing. Uh, I, I've had that since I first got started. And back in the old days, it was very common for you to throw numbers in, and I didn't think much of it. But it doesn't roll off the tongue like some of the people who have a OG user account. So maybe I'll get something a little more, um, a little more easy to pass along. But I'm on Twitter at RoyD77. You can find my stuff on CordCutters.com, and hopefully you'll find a new episode of the Active Reps podcast sometime soon. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great day. Peace.